You don't even like sports. Welcome to You Don't Even Like Sports, a podcast about sports for people who don't like sports. With your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Jeff May. Hey, hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. yeah, what? What's that, Adam? Jeff. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. How, how you doing, bud? What's up? You don't even like sports. No, you don't even like sports. But you don't. So how you, would you know if I don't? No, you don't like sports. You don't even like sports at all. Oh, wow. That's hurtful. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Don't Even Like Sports. I'm Adam Todd Brown. And I'm Jeff May, ladies and gentlemen. We are your hosts. This is a free episode. We've been doing bonus episodes the past few weeks. And uh, so if you've missed us, it's just because you're not giving us enough money. Yeah. If you missed it, just grab it in the biscuit. Oh, I get that's a that's a digital underground reference. Do you, baby? That's what that was. Hey. So, as promised on our last episode, we are talking about some NASCAR. Yeah, we are. Not just NASCAR, but just racing in general, the sport of racing and the Queen's sport. Do they call it that? No. <laughs> Not at all. Probably like fox hunting or some shit. Yeah, or horses. I don't know. Do they fuck with yeah. horses in England? I, I mean, know. I know they fuck with horses in general. Yeah. Tell me everything you know about English horse racing right now, Jeff. You don't, uh, you don't even like English horse racing. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about a timeless debate, which is, is NASCAR a sport? And are NASCAR drivers athletes? Which, by extension, we're talking about all other forms of racing also, but... yeah. NASCAR is obviously the most prevalent here. I find this comes up often. It's it's racing and cheerleading. Those are the two hotly debated, is it a sport? And I think cheerleading has really sort of propelled itself into the world of, yeah, we're a fucking sport, man. Look at this. Wrestling, too. Professional wrestling? Yeah. Sure, yeah. I mean, even they say they're sports entertainment. Yeah, that's true. You hear you know. it about golf sometimes, too, which I think is kind of unfair. Golf takes a significant amount of skill. Yeah, sport, to be a sport, you can't have a fixed outcome, which I think is why you can't officially call wrestling a sport because it's not a, like it's not a game of skill and chance. It's a scripted thing, and then you have to perform to entertain in an athletic way. Right. It's something totally different. It's, it's a soap opera. It's, like it's a sports-themed soap opera that is utterly brutal and destroys the bodies of the people that does it. Right, and that's kind of what NASCAR is. Oh, yeah. Like, the outcomes aren't predetermined, but the abuse these drivers take while also hearing from the general public that you are not an athlete, and it's even worse with NASCAR, because even though people say, oh, well, wrestlers, that's not a sport, you're not an athlete, people don't also assume that anyone could do it. Yeah. This with is actually something that um, I can relate to what we do. Um, driving is something just like talking that pretty much everybody does. So almost everybody thinks they can do it professionally. Right. Like the idea that they're like, oh, I could if I tried hard enough. I feel like I could do this professionally. And they can't. I mean, yeah. some could. Some, I'm sure some could. I'm sure some people that are listening right now could learn and develop the skills to be a podcaster in the same way that they could learn and develop the skills to be a racer. But realistically speaking, a lot of people that do something regularly think they can do it professionally. And it's just not the case. 
Yeah, we were doing an episode. We did an episode of Unpopular Opinion a couple of weeks and one of the a couple of weeks ago and one of the guests we were talking about the glut of podcasts that have popped up since the lockdown started and she was like, "Oh, as a podcaster, you must hate that." And it's like, "No, it doesn't mean people are good at it. It yeah. just means they think they are." Like they're not it Now just sounds like people are just sort of in their basement. Hey Jeff, what did you what did you get at the store today, Jeff? Well, let me tell you, I just got, I got, I don't want to wear a mask. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a lot of uh, what it, what it really comes down to. Yeah. People just talking into their phones and recording them. And, and yeah, NASCAR, it's kind of the same thing where people are like, well, I can turn left. Why couldn't I be a NASCAR driver? That's not skill. And it's like, okay. So that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Uh, it's a, I think people are getting a hint of where we fall on this. <laughs> it's a debate that pops up in the public consciousness all the time. Uh, one of the most famous recent examples in 2013, former Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Donovan McNabb, who, if you saw him in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, is barely a fucking athlete barely, himself. Yeah. He's, a, he's, in more, he, he's got more chunky soup commercials under his belt than he has uh, wins. <laughs> Very much so. He was on a Fox Sports Live roundtable discussion about the best athletes of all time, and NASCAR legend Jimmy Johnson came up, and this is what he said. This is what Donovan McNabb said. He said, you and all me are going to make some cash, selling million <laughs> records, and we're making a dash. Do yeah. I think he's an athlete? Absolutely not. He sits in a car and he drives. That doesn't make you athletic. What athletically is he doing? And I feel like that kind of summarizes a lot of people's opinion about like drivers in general, not just like we're from the United States. Our next season is about NASCAR. We're going to say NASCAR throughout all of this, but understand we're talking about racing. Yeah. We are talking about just the general sport because also, yeah, like Formula One racing, it might be big here. It is huge across the world. Yeah. It's and like ra- the rally soccer racing. of racing. Yeah, rally racing is another example of that as well. Right. So that's that's the question. Are race car drivers athletes and is this a sport? And before we dive into that, let's talk about Jimmy Johnson for a second. Because I feel like it's a name that unless... Like, it's a name I know and I don't even fucking follow NASCAR. But if you throw the name by me, I'm going to know you mean NASCAR driver Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Jimmy Johnson. And let's go through some of his accomplishments as a NASCAR driver. He is the winningest active NASCAR driver, tied with Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty for most NASCAR championships ever with seven, and the youngest to hit that mark. He did it at the age of 38. In a higher, more competitively market, uh, more competitive market too. Right. You know, Richard Petty, when you look at what Richard Petty did, he was great, but he did it at a time when it was a strictly Southern yeah, he was driving your dad's Ford LTD in That's those like races. playing before the sport integrated. Yeah. Named Driver of the Year five times in 2006, 2007, 2009, 2010, 2013. I only listed those years to uh, drive home this next point. Two of the years he didn't win it, 2011 and 2012, ranked number one on Forbes' list of the most influential athletes which is you don't think about that no like Mike, he beat out lebron he beat out lebron kobe was still playing at the time yeah Derek, jose canseco was probably what six seven yeah probably playing with the tijuana dragons yeah the worcester tornadoes yeah 
Uh, yeah, I like his name wouldn't even come to mind if you were like, hey, who did Forbes name most influential athlete in 2012 or ever? I wouldn't even think of that. Yeah. Well, that was like when you would hear who's the most, the highest paid athlete in the world. And it was Schumacher, the driver. He made like right. $103 million a year or something crazy like that. Yeah. It's like we, we think of NASCAR as such a regional thing, but it's not. Like, I think NASCAR might, in terms of money, be the biggest sport in the United States. I mean, when you look at who goes to the races, those things fill a lot of space. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they, they're like Rose Bowl numbers of people showing up. Yeah. Uh, he was also the first car, first race car driver to win the Associated Press Male Athlete of the Year Award in 2009, which that should kind of end the debate right there. Are NASCAR drivers athletes? Well, the Associated Press named him Athlete of the Year. Technically. To, so the people, who get, the people who get paid to answer questions like that think he's an athlete. Uh, all-time winningest driver at six different Cup Series tracks, has won a Cup Series race at all but four tracks in the country. There are 24 total. So from Pretty. an accomplishment standpoint, he totally deserves to be in that discussion. Yeah, yeah. He's he's won on five of, of six tracks. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's nuts. And that's the kind of thing, this is a comparison I'll bring up again later, but you hear that kind of thing about really elite quarterbacks where they're like, listen, man, Tom Brady's beat every team in the nfc twice which i don't think is an actual stat but those are the kind of stats they throw around about really great quarterbacks impressive it's what it is it's impressive statistics it's a statistic that is you're, that is being allowed to show you that in a in a high talent pool there are some people that are above and beyond the highest levels you're lebron's for example Right, which like, you wouldn't expect to find in a sport that is just left turns. Yeah. Like, there's a reason some drivers are better than others. Well, there, there's, it, you know, it's funny because we talked about him a lot. Uh, he was thematic to the last episode we did um, about uh, Ford versus Ferrari. But Matt Damon, in a, a movie called Rounders, when he's talking about poker and talking about what it takes to be good at it. And he's like, he's like, why do you think it's the same seven people at the table? every year he's like do you think those are just the seven luckiest people in the world right you know like there's not you can't drive like these people can you just can't yeah and i i think the the response from nascar drivers is the same from anyone in that situation like you see it we mentioned it with podcasting but you see it with stand-up comedy too where people are like oh i'm funny i could be a comic and it's like all right do it do it and see if you can do it you probably can't and it's the same thing here Mm -hmm. But it, I had it in here to, I had a question, what is everyone's opinion, meaning me and you on this topic before we get into it. But I, I feel like we're on the same page here. I think so. And I'm in a page that I wouldn't have been on 10 years ago. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, one of those things where, you know, you see this with, um, you know, a lot of someone like Donovan McNabb, who does what's considered like a classic you know, one of the big five sports. Um, so he views himself like, no, you don't do what I do. It's like, no, he does something totally different. And uh, as far as you're concerned, harder. Yeah. Like you have a wall of 350 pound men protecting you the whole time. They just have a wall. Yeah. And I, I think football and NASCAR are probably the best comparison and we'll like, we'll get into it more, but 
if you like football, you at least have to make room for the idea that NASCAR is a sport. But I would agree. One of the things that bothers me about this debate is that a lot of people's opinions on it come from, I don't want to say ignorance, but just kind of like, well, I don't know anything about it, but I, I'm, I'm definitely qualified to speak on it. I also feel like there's a lot of classism in it. Yeah. And a sort of in, in the same way that nationalism views soccer in America, where we kind of just roll our eyes at it. And we're like, the people that like that are stupid and obnoxious. Like soccer and NASCAR's fan bases are very similar in how the mainstream views them in America. Oh, yeah, for sure. And to to show you an example of this, I, I Googled around. Uh, I searched for NASCAR is not a sport called research jeff google it called confirmation bias adam well i actually came across two competing bleacher report articles both written by people uh who who have probably assholes yeah almost certainly and one of them is for the idea that nascar is not a sport and the other is uh not for that idea and this is kind of long but listen to this quote from the 2009 bleacher report article nascar not a sport but good competition here we here we go the last time i checked driving a car at high speeds and turning left is not an athletic activity Sports are commonly referred to as activities where the physical capabilities of the competitor are the sole or primary determiner of the outcome. Now, it may take some dexterity and strength to handle a car at those speeds. However, the driver's physical capabilities have no direct bearing on the outcome as the definition states. The mechanical capabilities of the car ultimately decide who wins and who loses. And frankly, this line makes me so angry. Those cars are designed to turn left, thus making it easier for the driver to maneuver. So the only conclusion that one can logically come to here is that racing is not a sport, rather a competition. That's even if I didn't think NASCAR was a sport, this wouldn't be the argument. This is not the way to make the argument. And granted, this is 2009. For all I know, the writer of this article could have uh, changed. Then outed as a, as a sexual predator. <laughs> Any, the, the possibilities are endless. But there is so much wrong with that. But for, before we even dig into that, though, here's another quote that I want to talk about for a second. The bottom line here is that I don't feel that NASCAR should be considered a sport for the simple fact that the crew chief and his crew are ultimately the ones who decide how that car is going to run. And And this really, this brings an interesting thing where you're like, yeah, that's called a team. Yeah, he's describing team sports. That's what a team is. That's any team sport. And yeah, the physical capabilities of the players, uh, like say an NFL team, they matter. But what this opinion is basically saying is that all it really takes to be a great NFL team is a lot of guys with a lot of physical capabilities. And that's why the NFL is a sport. In NASCAR, it's the coaches and the crew who make it work, and that's why it's not a sport. And that's wrong. That's crazy because you can pick any sport and you can explain why that's wrong. A good example is baseball. Right. Like, oh, if you just have the most talented people doing it well the fucking coach has to run the goddamn thing you got signals everywhere 
You got signs, you got pitches, pitcher to catcher, that information. You got with hitting on offense, do you bunt, do you squeeze, do you sack fly, do you swing away, do you take? Yeah. There's so much to it. And with the NFL, like look at a team like the Cleveland Browns. The past two seasons, people have been like, look at the talent on that team. They are going to win a Super Bowl. No, they're going to win five games and not make the playoffs. Like it's obviously more than just physical ability that makes the nfl a sport and i think a good example of that is how successful the patriots have been with teams of often utility players i mean making good players look amazing look legendary yeah people act like the new england patriots last season completely fell off a cliff because they won their division and made it to the playoffs instead of just winning a super bowl And they did that with a team of fucking scrubs. Mm -hmm. And it's because they have one of the greatest coaches of all time who is great at cheating. I think when it's all said and done, I I think he'll probably be at the top. In the NFL, definitely, yeah. Yeah. I can't think of anybody that would, Don Shula, you know? He had that one season. Yeah. This is one time where, meanwhile. Bill Walsh, maybe, before Don Shula. Bill Walsh was... Dope. There's a really great. Did you ever hear the um the OJ Simpson was on a call-in show? Did you ever no. hear? That? And then uh somebody called in and he was just like, "Hey OJ, you, you when you played for the 49ers, you worked under Bill Walsh, right?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I did. I did." He's like, "Did you murder him?" There's just a bunch of people just fucking like trolling OJ in the call-in show. It's so fucking good. If you can find the YouTube video for it, definitely do cuz it's so funny. Guys, let's go to Kevin, I believe, in New Jersey. Kevin, what's your question for OJ? Kevin, what's your question for OJ? Hi, good show, dude. Um, my, kid, my kid Chris was wondering, do you think it was a bigger feat to break 2,000 yards in one season or slice two necks in one night? I, I'm, so, I'm having a little trouble, Kevin, hearing you. Um, I... All right, Alex is listening to us in Ohio. Hey, Alex. Yes. Hey, Alex. Hey, how you doing? Not Juice? bad. <laughs> Juice, can you hear me, Juice? Yes, I can hear you, buddy. Yeah, uh, I was, remember when you played for the 49ers? Yeah. Yeah, did you kill Bill Walsh? Uh, this is Steve. Steve. From, uh, how you doing? Not too bad, Steve. Uh, it was reported back during the, the famous uh, chase, you know, that went on in 94. Yes. It was reported on CBS 3 here in, uh, here in Philadelphia. That uh, by uh, Larry Menti, that you were squeezing your helmet. That I was what? Hey, how are you doing? Not bad, Brett. Hey, OJ, I, you know, I had a question for you. You know, with everything that, that Michael Vick has been going through and being yeah. indicted, I was just wondering if you wanted to meet me on the Jersey Shore to do live. There we go. You know, you're going to get <laughs> jokers, know. but that's the great thing. It's well, it's wide open. Uh, no, I don't mind. I mean, yeah. you, you know, people can say what if they if they if it's negative or what. As long as they're serious about the question mm-hmm. they're asking, it's easier to tell a joke. But it don't bother me. And he did murder Bill Walsh. People don't even know that. But I feel like football makes a good comparison for NASCAR because think of it this way. Like at least in response to this guy's idea that. The crew chief and the crew are calling all the shots, so NASCAR is not a sport. Here's what NASCAR is in terms of the NFL. The crew and the crew chief are the coaching staff. The car is the players, and the driver is the quarterback. 
You can have a take it from a Bears fan. You can have one of the best teams in the league. And if your quarterback is trash, it's a problem. You're not going to go as far as you could. Same thing here. You can have the best car in the fucking world. But if you put me or Jeff behind the wheel and say, go win a NASCAR championship, we're going to die in a visually stunning way. Oh, I was way off on that one. Oh, you were going to win? Immediate victory, yeah. (laughs) Flawless. I know how to drive. I can't even drive a (laughs) stick. I can, and I would die in a NASCAR race. You know, it's funny about driving a stick because, you know, I grew up on a farm, and uh, my grandfather, when, uh, like, the automatic transmission became, like, a big thing, you know, he was like, why would I ever give myself more work to do? Like, I've got too much to worry about than to also worry about shifting. So, like, all of the cars in my family were automatics, like, purposefully so. Yeah. One of my favorite celebrity excess stories in terms of athletes, especially at one point, Kobe Bryant bought his wife, I think, a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. And those are all manual transmission because he paid like an extra $100,000 to have it converted to an automatic. Like if you're spending that much on a car, why not? That's absolutely what I I don't think I'd buy one if I couldn't afford to take that extra dope step. Yeah, that's right. That's a that's an exhibit move right there. <laughs> I heard you don't like manual transmissions, so we put an automatic in. We heard you hate grinding gears, dog. (laughs) So I do think the quarterback comparison is a good one. And if you think anyone can drive a NASCAR vehicle, why isn't everyone who wants to drive a NASCAR car a NASCAR driver? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like being a bus driver. You know, it really comes down to the classic phrases. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Like to do it at a higher level is hard and much like you know i'll reference the things we've discussed before much like things like professional wrestling or even podcasting in order to start at something you have to eat shit for a long time you have to do it for free for a while and do it hard yeah and that happens here too it's the same thing like there are like nascar is the big one but there's all sorts of smaller regional races and local races literally wherever you are there is a racetrack within an hour of you and uh, you know there might be a demolition derby that you'd or truckosaurus or some shit that's going to be there to get you to come out but a lot of it is just the racing a lot of the race scenes in ford versus ferrari were filmed at uh, racetracks in California, active racetracks that still hold races. And yeah. another, like, if you think this is a an activity that doesn't require any skill, tell me why 28 people have died in just NASCAR Cup races alone. You know how many people have died in the NFL on the field? One, Chuck Hughes in 1971, and he had a fucking heart attack. It's not like he got laid out by mean Joe Green. Joe Theismann's leg, also a casualty. (laughs) That could be a whole episode. I watched that live. Got a case of the LTs on that one. (laughs) Bad times. So obviously there's some some skill that goes into this because sometimes people fuck it up and die. Yeah, man. It's the, the, uh, you know, the joke, you know, it's all left turns. Well, Dale Earnhardt tried turning right. Hmm. But, you know, I mean, yeah, it's very dangerous. I mean, in a way, it's almost to the point where we're like, that seems like a really high number of people that have died. 
It's a whole lot. Like, how many boxers have died in the ring? Like, I think it's still a pretty low number. I mean, it's it's more than it should have if you go back to, like, the old-time stuff. Yeah, well, like yeah. modern professional boxing, yeah. I'll say. It's it's way it's way lower. Uh, and, like, so so there's obviously some skill that goes into it, but I think then the next hurdle you have to get over is, okay, yeah, but they're still not athletes. Like, they don't have to be in shape. You don't have to be in – no, in theory, you don't. You don't have to be in shape to play baseball either. No, but, look at Dave Wells. Yeah, John Kruk has a really famous interview where a reporter asked him about smoking in the dugout and if that was a good uh, image for an athlete to put out. And he said, lady, I'm not an athlete. I'm a baseball player. Yeah. Which is one of the all-time great quotes that is in a, history. That's a legendary quote. Yeah. From a legendary scum, like scummy-looking like this guy looks like he'd be in the stands at a nascar race yeah yeah he looks like he'd be the manager of a mass a nascar team the fact that he's a a baseball pundit so he has to wear little suits is one of the funniest things in the world to me <laughs> yeah they have to put him in a little suit he just looks like such a fucking he he looks like a, a guy that just bought a suit because he had a wedding to go to yeah he looks like he's gonna sell you a car in that suit afterwards and that car will not be good it will be at an enterprise yeah so but what about that idea like one of the first debates that broke out or the responses donovan mcnab got when he said that on fox sports live was a bunch of nascar drivers being like let's go to the gym let's let's see who's in better shape between the two of us and like jimmy johnson because he's the example that was brought up that motherfucker runs 20 miles a day he competes that's like a, in that's tri- like a whole day yeah, like what? What else do you do with your? Does he have twenty eight hours in his yeah. day? Does he have bonus hours that I wasn't <laughs> told about? When you win NASCAR races, do they do they give you that? Is it the the fucking adjustment bureau? Do they give you? It's crazy. Bonus hours? That's and crazy that you would do. It can't be every day, is it? That's it's sometimes. I I read a bunch of especially in relation to this Donovan McNabb thing. People were like, sometimes he runs thirty and forty miles a day. That's fucking bananas, man. Like, he is in such great shape. And so on that topic, let's revisit a quote from that Bleacher Report article. Now, it may take some dexterity and strength to handle a car at those speeds. However, the driver's physical capabilities have no direct bearing on the outcome. That's just ridiculous. Well, I think it comes from people assuming, well, I drive a car and I know what that's like. So driving in a NASCAR race must just be like driving my car, but faster. I could probably do that. And it's nothing like that. No, no, not at all. You're in a, you're essentially in a centrifuge. Right. And the, the cars are way heavier. They're way faster because at the speeds they're going, they will literally fly if you don't weigh them down. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's well, the other thing too, and I, th- I, it's not about strength, like strength, obviously, because you have to be able to control it. But the muscular endurance is something that people always forget about. It's, you know, what we call like a uh, isometric working out. T- hold a five pound weight in your hand and you're like okay well this isn't that much it's only five pounds hold it out in front of you and then hold that out for 30 seconds and see how much five pounds weighs in 30 seconds of holding it out it's gonna fuck you up because that's what happens and so imagine doing that for three hours at a time the fucking strength in your four like look at these motherfuckers forearms they're like goddamn popeye they're fucking cut these motherfuckers are huge and think about 
like for starters, like every single one of us, if you're on like a cross country trip and it's been like four hours in the car, you're like, oh man, I got to get out and stretch these legs. Now imagine you're doing that at 200 miles an hour. You're driving a manual transmission and the way NASCAR drivers operate, they use both of their feet. Like they don't rest one foot and then brake and accelerate with another foot. One foot is on the brake, one foot's on the accelerator at all times. That Just picture that. Like, do that right now. Put both your feet up under your desk and hold them there. And now do that for four fucking hours. Yeah. It's a lot. And shifting to the clutch. Right. And Do they have foot clutches or do they do hand? I'm not sure. You would think it would almost have to be hand. Yeah. But so it's a totally different kind of driving then. Yeah. And so like assuming just any person can get behind the wheel of a NASCAR, like a, a, a racing car and drive it the way NASCAR drivers do. It's like assuming you could just land an airplane because, well, I've been on some flights. Yeah. How hard can it be? I did a flight sim. It's just a flying car. Just park it. It'll be fine. But no. And another good comparison I saw mentioned for what it's like driving in a NASCAR race is the space shuttle, which sounds nuts. It's, it seems crazy that those two things would be compared. But when you're going as fast as you are in a NASCAR race and you take a corner, you get hit with G-force energy. The G-force the, ones. Right? G-G-G-G-G-force. And now when the space shuttle, I brought up the space shuttle. When the space shuttle would take off, the passengers during takeoff were subjected to three G's of force during takeoff, which means... Oh, G's. Oh, oh, G's. Oh, G's. <laughs> There's some G's there, no. And what that means is three times the Earth's gravity is pushing on you. That's going to be unpleasant. Yeah. G-force, yep, yep, yep. G-force is what makes you throw up on a roller coaster. Like, that's what does it. NASCAR drivers, every time they take a corner, are hit with three G's of force. And because the way the cars are designed, uh, like 1.3 of that goes toward the car and the wheels and helps keep the car from flying off into space. The driver just gets that every turn for three to four hours at a time. You're getting hit with G-Force energy consistently. G- G-Force, also the name of Battle of the Planets, the old cartoon where the people were... Oh. Like, oh, oh. Remember Battle of the Planets? Did you watch Battle of the Planets when you were I kid? don't remember Battle of the Planets. G-Force was a Japanese port. Brought it mm. over. Very popular. Early 80s. So imagine you're getting hit with a Japanese port. All the time. Every, every time you turn a corner. An anime that- shifted to America. Three of them right in your face. Right, right in your face. And so as a NASCAR driver, that's happening over and over and over again. Your body is getting hit with this force stronger than the Earth's gravitational pull. Yeah, this pull. is hurting my back. Just yeah. like thinking about it, I'm like, my hips feel weird. Like, I feel like I need to go to a chiropractor after this. Like, it's it really is right up there with thinking, well, I've seen some space launches and they're just strapped into a seat. I'm pretty sure I could do that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you could with massive amounts of training and preparation. But I've been on a roller coaster, so... So I, got, I didn't yeah. throw up on a roller. It's fine. It's the same thing. It's basically the same thing. I'm a roller coaster. I go into space. You know, I'm too I'm too tall to go in a space shuttle. Oh, really? Ain't that I mean, it's probably, probably for the best, given the history of the space shuttle. Hey, you, you know what? I was a teacher. Those are, They don't have bad luck. 
Ooh. Hey, put me on there. I challenge you. Uh, it's a challenge. Or, oh, because you get what, it. Because the one that it blew up. exploded. It blew up. It's pretty rough. Uh, those G forces during a crash. It's more like sixty-four. Yeah, that's Jeez. a big. That's a big bump, by the way. Yeah, that is because imagine you're go- like if you drive thirty-five miles an hour into a wall, you're gonna feel it. Yeah. Now imagine gonna... you're going two hundred miles an hour. Two hundred miles an hour into a wall is a sport. Yeah. If you, I know this sounds morbid to say, but to give you an idea of the forces at work here, go watch a video of the crash that killed Dale Earnhardt. It does not look scary at all. NASCAR is always a potential snuff film. It is. Yeah. Like more than any other. It's. I would say it's not only is it a sport, but it seems like it's the most dangerous sport. Oh, it's 100% the most dangerous sport. Like, no UFC guy is going to accidentally light on fire. Yeah. There's no, like, if you drop a touchdown pass in the end zone, your your spine's not going to shatter. (laughs) Yeah, you're not going to fucking have a broken arm uh, (laughs) just by fucking, well, I shouldn't have said broken arm because sports, people break arms. But the reason I mentioned the Dale Earnhardt crash, if you look at it, it looks like he's probably just going to hop out of the car and be like, oh man, that was bad. Maybe that time I hit the wall. But he hits that wall straight on at like 200 miles an hour. Yeah, that's It's right. insanely dangerous to do this. That's like and running it's through also, 40 Mike Tysons. Yeah. And it's physically grueling. I found an interview with a sports therapist who works with race car drivers. His name's Joss Snyers. This is a quote from him. This is a quote from him directly. Let me read this. Race car is the same forwards as it is backwards. <laughs> which is it's crazy that that, that made it that into in. this article. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised by that quote. It's important. Uh, here's the quote. Before the race starts, we're testing them to see how their bodies react to various foods. One driver may need salt and sugar, but another driver may have to avoid sugar. So we're figuring out what foods are perfect for each man and giving them those. We're neuromuscular testing, both on the table and in the sitting position. We use a dummy driver's seat to simulate the muscle stress a driver is under during the race. And when they asked him about uh, what areas of concern those would be, the left leg and left hip because of the braking Drivers are braking with the right leg and they brace with the left leg. The harder they brace, the weaker they become over the race. And here's a quote from the same article from a driver named Adam Christodoulou. Uh, I probably did not get that name. Actually, I probably fucking nailed that name. Christodoulou. Christodoulou. This is his quote. We're hitting the brake pressure up to 100 PSI. It's really standing on the brakes. If we're pulling three Gs around a corner... The weight on your head, including your helmet and your head itself, which may be eight pounds, is like 66 pounds on your neck. That's a, that's a lot of pounds. That is a lot, and it's over and over and over for three to four hours, unless you're lucky enough to crash and you get to go home early. Yeah, going home early? Is that what you think is going to happen if they crash? <laughs> that doesn't I seem mean, like a saving grace. It's like vomiting in school and being like, oh, I can go home, but you end up having the flu. (laughs) I mean, I think most drivers survive the crashes. There are a lot. There's so many. Yeah, man. There's a lot going on there, man. You can fucking hit the wall. You're going to blow up, man. So there's obviously some physical exertion required. The the bodily stress of having that continuous 
amount of force being pressed onto your body. Like it legit is making my muscles sore just thinking about it. And now, like, imagine if you're just on, like, a roller coaster or one of those rides at the fair, and you're like, all right, well, I've survived those before. Okay, but can you also take instructions from someone in your ear and apply those to the dozens and dozens of cars all around you in an Uh, effort to overtake one of those cars in the lead? Yeah, or prevent another roller coaster from getting past you? Yeah, like there's so much more to it than just being able to survive inside that car. And speaking of survival, let's talk about the stamina that's required to do this. Those two quotes I just mentioned come from an article called How Race Car Drivers Lose Five Pounds in Five Hours, which is an accurate statistic. Race car drivers on average lose three to five pounds every race. Nice. Which that's a lot. It's a nice diet plan. The old NASCAR diet plan. And sometimes it's more than that. In 2019, NASCAR driver Matt DiBenedetto, who is a fucking tank, by the way. Did you click this link? He's got the space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He lost 10 pounds in a race in 2019. Pre-race, he weighed 207.8 pounds. Post-race, 198 pounds. Yeah. To put it into that perspective, that's, uh, that's about what I weigh. Yeah. That's... That's crazy. For 207 pounds. Yeah, and now imagine if you just woke up 10 pounds lighter tomorrow. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? It would be nice, but you'd also be like, am I dying? Yeah, did do I lose I, a foot? Yeah. Am I, do I have a wasting disease? Is that what's happening? Do I have a tapeworm? And the, the thing to keep in mind here, we're talking NASCAR. You can't hold these races in the winter. They wouldn't are predominant. Huh? be a lot more accidents yeah i mean it would be super duper fun to watch they should just do one like outdoor winter race like the fucking hockey yeah, the, holiday classic yeah, the, the, the the calgary winter classic of nascar yeah <laughs> just on fucking ice vroom, vroom, vroom. Oh, that's they're they're all dead first round all, first lap uh and not only do these have to happen in summer months it happens predominantly in the american south you ever been in the south during the summer jeff yep brutal yeah, I used to go to North Carolina a lot. In this. I used to summer in North Carolina. I have not, but I've been there in the fall and the spring, and it was also brutal. So I can't imagine what the summer is like. It's pretty rough, man. It's pretty rough. Not and cool. the temperatures inside these cars can reach 120 to 130 degrees, and that's on a normal day. That's not during heat wave conditions. And, and this is important to add here for all of you listening, too, that if you are driving NASCAR... Do not leave your pets in there when you go make a pit stop. It's 24 of the 28 deaths we mentioned earlier. All this good boys and girls. So important that we pay attention to that. I, it's the summertime, okay? The weather There's is There's no high. AC. They don't make fire suits for dogs. Could you imagine, though? Oh, that's so cute. There's a little fire suit. And you, your dog running around on fire, but like, put me out. And then you do, and he's like, Roll over, puppy. Roll over for your own safety. Stop dropping, roll over. (laughs) Uh, And that temperature isn't taking into account the outfit they're wearing, which is actually a fire suit. And that's not going to, even if your car's air conditioned, you're wearing a fire suit in the hot car in the summer. You're going to sweat. That is a three fire emoji suit. (laughs) And sure, a lot of that weight that they lose is water weight that they put on so they can survive yes. a NASCAR race. That is So that's something, uh, this is where, 
you really come into the the aspect of of understanding water weight and and things like that and this is a good example of why it is an a sport because in boxing you have to do sort of water retentive retentive things as well some people choose gatorade water uh or pickle juice which is like a pretty that's what i right so i my old school dumbass coach made me drink pickle juice um which is like hyper gatorade that high salt right um to keep that hydration because you know you're going to be losing a lot you're going to be sweating your ass off yeah and you know who doesn't have to put on 10 pounds of water weight to survive their upcoming game baseball players and they play in the dead of summer too so those nice little outfits though yeah they do i mean now they used to wear those wool jobs yeah which, right could you imagine putting on little sweaters on mickey mantle all right me have and, fun. me and chet went to the field of dreams house when we were doing a show in iowa and they have a guy who walks around and pretends to be shoeless joe jackson but he takes his job so seriously he wears an actual authentic wool baseball uniform and it's like, dude, it is 95 degrees out here. You're going to die. Welcome to the Field of Dreams. <laughs> I'm Shula Sue Jackson with 1903. Oh, fuck. What you heard? 1903? In the World Series, I was like, fuck. If you build it, I will die. I met Ray Leonard. He wouldn't give me an autograph. So, yeah, like, this takes some endurance and stamina and physical exertion. We, we've hammered out all of that. But what about the idea that, oh, they're just turning left? Like, everyone's just turning left. There's no skill or strategy involved. That's potentially the dumbest argument. That is like, zero potential in that. It is, It is Adam. This is very important. You need to pay attention. The dumbest part of the argument. It's insane. Like, I don't know how you could watch a second of this and be like, they're just driving. Like, what's so, what's so special about it? And as weird as this sounds... If you want a really easy and stress-free entry into learning what kind of skill goes into racing in NASCAR, watch fucking Talladega Nights with Will Ferrell. That's actually really interesting because it, you don't think it, a Will Ferrell movie would bring, you know, you're not like, what's journalism like? Well, watch Anchorman. You'll get it. Right. But Talladega Nights actually did a really good job of, um, and I would say probably one of the better will ferrell movies oh yeah it's great we we give him a lot of leeway huh yeah i did like the eurovision movie we just came out though butchered sandler for years for not making good movies but like will ferrell he's got less he's got less wins in the old w column than than we give him credit for yeah he got a little overbearing at some point sandler can play different characters will ferrell really just plays will ferrell with a different wig so good but talladega nights is great and they, uh, uh, fucking, uh, what's his name there? Uh, the villain. Uh, why am I say, why am I screwing up his name already? Uh, the f- great Sasha, Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen. Cohen. Yeah. So like Sasha Baron Cohen was so fantastic. And he was a European formula one racer brought into NASCAR. Right. Um, it was an interesting way of showing the racing world. And I think days of thunder did a pretty good job too. Right. Yeah. Days of thunder too, but that's an old, that's an eighties like 88 89 yeah but it is great uh here's how you know it's an 80s uh movie his car was mellow yellow that was his sponsorship the thing i remember most about that movie is dick trickle yeah Yeah. nascar driver who never won a race but he was always good he was a good teammate let's winning a race is not for everyone in nascar that's just not how it works yeah it would be like assuming every team's gonna win a super bowl it's not gonna happen but the 
the reason I bring up Talladega Nights is one of the key plot points in that movie is Will Ferrell and John C. Riley do this technique that they call the slingshot. The shake and bake. Yeah. And it's it it looks like just some movie shit, but the slingshot is actually a very famous move in NASCAR. And it is described thusly. The slingshot is a classic move, a crowd pleaser, the gold standard of drafting strategy. The tailing car drafts the lead car, uses the pressure reduction to ease its movement through the air, waits for the right curve, mashes the gas, and uses the extra power to slingshot ahead for the race victory. One thing that we should add is I don't think we've explained drafting. Um, so essentially what happens is whenever you're in racing, you have a lead car and that car is cutting through the air resistance that you would normally get. If you get behind that car, then you get to maintain the same exact speed without doing anything to your car as far as the resistance is concerned. So you're essentially allowed to coast behind somebody that's like to put it in football terms, it's the fullback. Like you have somebody running ahead of you that is taking all the like pain in the ass stuff and then you get to sort of coast and then from there you get to do a slingshot move which they used uh the shake and bake actually i played on a soccer team and that was the name was shake and bake and that's why (laughs) and i was like fine do you remember when after the second gulf war and gas prices started going way 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 up drafting became a thing that people were doing on the streets hyper conservation yeah yeah and it's like, okay, but you're making the gas mileage for the car in front of you a little bit worse. So I had a really... friend I had a friend who was uh really into I think they called it hypermiling. Yes. Uh and he was like really into it. Like he had a Prius, like an early on era Prius, and he was like really into like the finding which ways to coast at what optimal speeds and things like that. Yeah. And now if you were one of those people who did something like that, or if you're hearing that now and going, Oh, maybe I can save money on gas that way. Do it at 200 miles an hour. If you think anyone can... 50 miles an hour and see how how fucking nerve-wracking that is. Yeah, you and the person you're drafting will be in a ditch if you tried this shit on the streets. And just imagine the same thing with passing a car. It's such a routine thing for us. Oh, this car's going a little slow. I need to get past him. These NASCAR vehicles are not going slow. They're all going very fast. Yeah, that's something that uh, people seem to ignore. Like, think about when you drive past a tractor trailer. How many people freak out? How many people do you know that you've been in the car with that freak out when they pass a tractor trailer? Yeah. Like, it's fucking crazy. And this is at 60 miles an hour. Right. Try tripling that and then add a little bit. Yeah, try tripling it and also imagine every time you speed up, the tractor trailer speeds up and gets in your lane a little bit. But also, you have to pass them. Yeah, which means a fender bender, say you get into a fender bender on the highway and then you have to pull over and exchange information. But in NASCAR, you uh, can die. Yeah, you're just probably going to die. A little touch, if you touch the back of somebody's car and it's not directly, it's not direct contact, but it's like at an angle... Uh, you can send them flying into their death. And you see it all the time. Even And like, not every person dies, but that's how a lot of these races end. Is someone will be in the lead and someone else will be like, mm, fuck you, spin them out, I'm yeah. taking this. And then a crash ensues. One of my favorite things about those drafting moments, and I don't even watch NASCAR, but I love this detail about it. 
is sometimes in those situations, like there's teams out there racing, mm-hmm. like there will be like one sponsor will field like three cars or something. And sometimes those teammates will work together to help one of them win the race. But also sometimes the person who's winning is just someone that one of the other drivers doesn't fucking like. And they will be more than happy to help another driver beat that person. Yeah. Or they're ahead on points. Right. That's the other thing, too, is a lot of it, there is a violent form of defense in in racing where you might have to potentially harm somebody so that way your team can win the cup. Right. You might have to kill somebody. Which I'm okay with. Might have to Joe Theismann their fucking the leg of their dodge. Like, to me, in terms of sports and... I think in a a comparison in terms of entertainment when it comes to NASCAR would be basketball because basketball, you really only need to watch the last quarter. Different racial makeup on most of the teams. Slightly Slightly different different racial makeup. But with both of those sports, if you watch the whole thing, you'll be entertained. There'll be moments where the lead will change back and forth. And if someone gets out into a a huge lead, it's just going to be boring the entire way through. That's true with any sport. But if it's close at the end, I don't know if there's a more entertaining sport when it comes to close finishes than NASCAR. Like those final laps are fucking intense. I will link to a video on Unpops called NASCAR Countdown. Top 10 last laps in NASCAR history. It's only it's 7 minutes long. It's Give it a watch. It's worth a watch. And most specifically the the link cuz you're also going to add the link to the 1979 Daytona 500, right? The 1979 Daytona 500 is the race that kind of took NASCAR from southern sport to national sport. It's fucking intense, man. The ending is so intense. Two of the drivers fight at the end of the race. They get out of their cars and fisticuffs ensue and that ending like if you watch them both and you come away from it thinking like uh, yeah i'm still that still didn't entertain me don't ever tell me shit about your favorite car chase in a movie ever again yeah it's pretty fucking intense like the there's one in the the longer video that i'll link to from a track called watkins Glen in 2012 it's one of the best chase scenes i've ever seen it's happening on a it had just rained so the track is wet Mm -hmm. and it's these two drivers and they're just slamming into each other going off the track driving through the grass and it's for the win it's the final track like whoever crosses that finish line first like imagine if in a, a marathon when it comes down to the end you could just like push people and like if someone's close you could just fucking rough them up a little bit just gonna rough them up a little bit that's what's happening in in these final laps so i don't know watch those videos take everything me and jeff have told you into account and i feel like if you still come away from that thinking this isn't a sport and these drivers aren't athletes you're just lying you just don't want to change you're lying if nascar can take down the fucking confederate flag you can change too yeah we all can change I was, I was looking up the, the Watkins Glen um, actual finale and uh, Marcos Ambrose won. I didn't realize the uh, Dale Jarrett was one of the announcers, a very famous driver and of his own right. Yeah. Yeah. That Watkins Glen race is crazy in the, the camera angles on that one, because that's the point where they started putting cameras in the cars. 
Yeah, it's um, it's uh, Ambrose and Keselowski are the are the two drivers that get involved in it, and it looks like there's some pretty rad because NASCAR themselves had cameras in their walls and shit like that. They have like really really high end camera stuff, and it looks like goddamn French Connection. It does. It looks like movie shit. And obviously not every NASCAR race ends that way. And still, I don't, like, I only have time for so many sports in my life. But here's the thing. that's because you don't even like sports. It's because you don't even like sports. But here's the thing. NASCAR, there's a good chance it might be the only fucking sport going very soon here. So it's it's a new normal. I might have to adjust my sporting choices and take in some fucking NASCAR. Korean baseball and NASCAR. That's all we're getting. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like kudos to them for addressing the Confederate flag thing. Seems like they are at least trying to tackle the problem. And yeah, getting rid of the flag does not necessarily get rid of the mentality, but it's a start. Right. It won't get rid of the people who want that flag flown. There's some Confederates. You know what I'm talking about? And maybe it will. Maybe some of those people will fucking turn away from NASCAR and that'll be be more seats for us. That that said, uh, I think we can agree. Uh, dri- uh, drivers are athletes. NASCAR is a sport. And we are going to do some deep diving on one of the biggest names in driving. Diving on driving, bro. Home Depot's Tony Stewart. The number 20 car. Can't wait. Can't what a piece of shit talk that about guy this is. Fucking piece of shit. This fucking asshole. Fucking ass clown. Yeah. Uh, I like that we just did two episodes talking about. Oh, hey, maybe you should, you don't be so hard on NASCAR. And now we're like, fuck this guy. Well, like, I mean, fuck Jose Canseco. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. I still like baseball. Yeah. I'm not going to all of us, like, just because I'm, you know, people, pieces of shit are fascinating. They sure are. Uh, Well, that being said, Adam, thank you for not liking sports, which you do not even like. Thank you for not liking sports, Jeff. You don't even like them. I do even like sports. You don't even like sports. You don't. Uh, this is a free episode. Do you got anything to plug? Oh, before we I get mean, out of here, you can check check out all. You know, I'm an oftentimes uh, co-host of the Unpopular Opinion, uh, Mothership. Uh, you can also check me out at Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on Gamefully Unemployed, where Tom Ryman of Best Bad Movie Ever fame, um, he and I watch Batman and talk about it. And you can also check out all the shit I do with Sideshow Collectibles, including Sideshow Sideshow, which is every other Tuesday, as well as a bunch of cool live things. And I get to talk about people playing with toys, and it's a fucking dream job, man. Hell yeah. What about you, Adam? You got anything to plug? Oh, uh, we got a new subscription service. Oh, fuck yeah. Go to unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech. You can subscribe to just this show. You can subscribe to this show as a bundle with a couple other shows, or you can subscribe to the entire network. So maybe do that. Maybe do that. Uh, Go to anchor.fm slash you don't even like sports, and you can tip your co-host. Click on the support button, and just you can give a dollar, you can give five dollars, you can give ten dollars. You can give, give Jeff me- some extra money. I mean, I do. I pay him to do the podcast, yeah, I but I do it for but free. Like we still, still, I'm still dying. Yeah, yeah. Jeff's still starving. Like, I'm, I'm still a worthless much. piece of shit, Adam. <laughs> um, hey, that was fun. I can't wait to that do. Was- I can't wait to do the season. Yeah, I'm really excited about it, and I think people will like it more than they think they will. Yeah, you. I mean, they're gonna like us. the show, obviously. Uh, well, it's us. Yeah, man, we're so. fucking great. Yeah, we're amazing, even if Tony Stewart sucks. Tony Stewart can suck my good non-Tony Stewart dick. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Jeff, say goodbye. You don't even like sports.
You don't even like sports. No, it is you who does not like it's sports. You. Bye. Bye, guy who doesn't like sports. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. You don't even like sports. Bye. You don't like sports. Bye.